Amen. So we are continuing this series um, around worship. And like I said, today is called I Surrender All. And that title's been taken from a song which isn't hugely well known, but we're actually going to sing it this morning by Mark um, James called I'm Giving You My Heart. All that is within. This is the lyrics. The song's called I Surrender All. But the, the lyrics go, I'm giving you my heart and all that is within. I lay it all down for the sake of you, my king. I'm giving you my dreams. I'm laying down my rights. I'm giving up my pride for the promise of new life. Wow, what amazing lyrics. And the Bible is clear that true worship, worship of God will come with a cost to us, that following Jesus means that we will have to lay down our hopes and our dreams, our comfort, instead of making them Lord, we make him Lord of our lives. And Jesus said in Matthew 16, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. There's a story in 2 Samuel 24, and we read a story about King David, and he's sinned, and he's, he's told by God to go and buy a threshing floor, where he's to build an, an altar to God. And the person who owns the threshing floor says to David, oh, you know, just take it for nothing. And, uh, and I'll throw in some oxen as well for you to sacrifice. But David says, no, 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 no. I, I'm going to buy this from you for a price. I'm not going to offer burnt offerings to the Lord, my God, that cost me nothing. And that, those things are at the heart of this morning. The call on all of our lives to offer God worship that costs us something. That doesn't sound very comfortable, does it? It's like, oh, do I really want to hear this? But this is true worship, and it is what God asks of us. So I'm really, uh, really happy, really excited this morning to be chatting um, with Mike and with Joe Sutton. Some of you might have known them. They're going to come and join me. We're, we're going to uh, have a seat this morning. You might know them. Um, and they are two people who, for many of us who have got to know them, they're examples of counting the cost and of following Jesus and of stepping into a surrender and a worship as they moved from London, left their lives down there as the Lord spoke, and then moved to the northeast. So, are you ready, guys? Yeah, I think so. Is that working? Do we think that's working? We're just going to check out the sound first. Okay. Hey! <laughs> There we go. I'm glad I asked that first. I'm just going to get rid of this because we don't need it. (laughs) Great. Okay. So you're Mike and you're Joe. Just clarifying here. (laughs) Great. So I've got some questions and I'm not afraid to use them so I don't go off on one. So here we go. Are you ready? I'm just going to pray for you guys first. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you so much that uh, just through scripture, there are people that we can look at and imitate because Christ is at work in them. And you put us in families and we see faithfulness and we see obedience and we get to learn from other people in this family. And we get to 
imitate them as they imitate Christ. And we thank you, God, for Mike, and we thank you for Joe. We thank you that the story they're going to tell this morning of surrender. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that for each of us, you would use this story to teach us, to encourage us, to bring us into an even fuller expression of lives lived, surrendered to you. Would we learn from them? And I pray that you would just come and rest on them now, that you would uh, bring your peace and you would guide their their mouths to the words they're going to say. Thank you that you're going to speak as we talk this morning, so bless them. Amen. Okay, so we're in this series around worship today and, and looking at how worshiping God should come and does come with a cost. So you guys left your life in London to move up here. So could you tell us all a bit about how you began to discern uh, that call from God? How did you begin to go, oh, is that God? How did you actually hear him? And then how did you kind of deal, because it's huge, how did you deal with that kind of cost involved of leaving friends and jobs, that kind of thing? So how did you hear him? And then, and then, go for it. Joe. Oh, okay. Um, so I guess the first thing to say is that this, um, it wasn't something that we felt really suddenly, this was a kind of calling that we'd felt over a period of time, um, probably going back to um, the end of 2015, um, I don't know if uh, some of you might know, but there's a vineyard conference for 20s and 30s called Cause to Live For, and we were at that at the end of 2015, um, it was the year we got married, so we got married in the March, and this was in the November, we just kind of settled into our new church, new home, um, and we were at this conference, and uh, at the same time, but in different places in the hall, we both felt God speak to us about, um, or that he was going to really use us uh, missionally for his purposes, um, and we didn't really know what that looked like, and where that would be, um, or, or when that would be, um, but we just felt that... Um, we had to do something with that. And so we spoke with, our, with the pastors in our church and just began a journey, really, of exploring what that, what that looks like and, and um, what we do with that. Um, and I think every step of the way, that is true to say that whatever God has put in front of us, we've said yes to, um, really not knowing what to do other than be obedient to what he's put in front of us. Um, would you kind of, and I guess that's kind of, I guess, our sense of calling in terms of we knew God was doing something. Do you want to talk about the where? Like, can, you tell, can you tell us as well, so you were both at this conference and you both in separate places and you kind of get this sense that God is speaking about being on mission. How else then, how else did he speak? Because I, I guess there was yeah. more to the... So I, at, the, at that particular point, I had... Like, sometimes when God speaks, I had, like, this fluttering in my heart, and I knew he was saying something. So that was, like, then. And I guess um, over over time, different things that we heard just really struck a chord. So just in terms of the journey and knowing that it was going to be up here, um, different things people had said really struck me. So, for example... um, I can't remember what year it was, but the Bishop of Burnley, um, and he was talking about the Church of England in particular, but was saying down in London, there's, you know, when there's an application for, um, say, a vicar's role or something mm-hmm. like that, um, there's applications out the door for this role, um, whereas up in, I think it was Hartlepool, 
for two years this this church um, post had been vacant and it just broke my heart that they're um, this is I guess at that point we kind of had a sense of the northeast generally but not knowing where exactly um, and just a real brokenness for like God's love for the community up here the people up here um, which we're now a part of which is amazing um, so that was one thing um, and then um, Bible verses and kind of as we um, kind of sought God um, different verses that really spoke to us and people were like um, people that we didn't really know had given us words as well which was amazing um, and, and, a, and a word in case you're kind of listening or say what is, what is a word yeah what is a word so I guess they there, there was one instant yeah. so as we Fast forward about two years and no one really had anything in our heart. We hadn't said this to anyone except for our pastors, really, and a few of the church leaders. And this person just, just turned around and said, you guys are going to be church planters. Didn't know us from Adam. We, we, we've been at church with her for probably about two months. And she said that. And... Mm-hmm. There was a lot of that mm-hmm. going on. Um, I think just to go back maybe mm-hmm. one or two steps, just on that day we, when we put our names down, um, <laughs> there was a song, um, Dave Miller, who's from uh, Trent, mm-hmm. and was singing a song, and it was, I'm not going to sing it because I can't <laughs> sing it. It's <laughs> Jeff's job and Tom's job, if you're watching. Um, but... It, was, I'll go anywhere for you, Lord. I'll go anywhere. I'll go anywhere. And that really struck me. Is this, I don't want to be a fraud. I don't want to sing those words and not mean them. And I felt God saying, go put your name down. And Joe saw me put my name down. Mm-hmm. And I think you kind of went, what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> with a big excited smile just as you're doing now and yeah we we went and put our names down so God spoke in the kind of physical in you spoke through others spoke through scripture spoke through just things that seemed random but you were seeking the Lord and they were like ooh (laughs) and so tell us about the the cost and how you dealt with it because God was tell, speaking to you the northeast is the place to be yeah. you're going to come you've got you've got a role to play then what how did you deal with that Do you want to go? Yeah. Um, so I guess it was unusual in a sense because it was the end of well beginning of 20, 2020 January time February that we really we knew we were going to go in the August of 2019, um, but we didn't really know when. We just knew we had to be obedient and say yes, we were going to go and not stay. Um, and as it got to the beginning, and this was killing me. <laughs> this was at this stage. It was now the reality of it all, and it was, it was hard. We were going through probably two or three, two or three years <laughs> of, um, yeah, just fighting and wrestling with this idea of now we're moving to the northeast because um, what what was the cost like what what were you leaving so we were leaving some really you know it was a house some really amazing friends we were, we were in very stable jobs um 
I've been 15 years in the NHS. Um, was fairly senior manager there. Joe was a director, comms director at London City Mission, been there for seven years. We had an amazing relationship and we were quite comfortable with our lives. Yeah. And then kind of COVID hit, I suppose. And actually, in God's graciousness, while last year was an incredibly difficult and really painful year for, for all of us in different ways, in terms of the cost of moving, I think he made that easy for us through COVID, if I can put it like that. So we didn't have any links up here at all. Um, we had connected in with David and Nicola, but we didn't have any family up here. We didn't know anybody. We had no friends up here. Um, and actually, by church going on to Zoom, it meant that for six months before we came up, we were able to dial in um, to join the prayer meetings, to get to know people online, so that when we did move up here, um, there were already people that we could meet up and go for a walk or kind of visit on their doorsteps, which was amazing. Um, so I think God's been really kind, actually, in some of that. Um, but yeah, the, the cost of... of um, yeah, moving up here, not being close, as close to my parents, for example, um, not being as close to our friends, um, and things like that definitely um, have found hard. And um, really close friends that have just gone through lots of stuff in life while we've been up here that we've not been able to kind of pop around and have a, a coffee and a chat. Massive things. Tell us about God's, how you have experienced God's faithfulness to you both, to you individually, as you've responded in faith to his call so we i guess i guess it, it it's just been really for us it's been quite smooth sailing if if you say that i i i, I talk to you with a with a dislocated toe but it's been the move itself was very very smooth sailing in terms of our house sale and um just our decision around where we were going to going to lay roots um, and it, God's spoken to us uh, supported us financially he's supported us um, physically he's brought friends like so many friends we we came up here in the August and we we felt it was like a, a Caleb statement almost because we, we suddenly it was I, I don't I hope you don't mind me saying this but it's really cold up here <laughs> <laughs> What? With, with South African or Zimbabwean heritage, it's, <laughs> it's really, really chilly. But um, so it was a good five, six degrees. It was a bit rainy. It wasn't the, the, the balmy August weather that we had. But we had all these people that just were keen to meet with us and just talk to us, tell us about the church, tell us about Newcastle, tell us about the Northeast. And we could see how much they loved, loved this place. And that's what I think drew us in even closer. I think by that stage we had made up our mind. So, um, do you want to tell them a little bit about the NLC in February, just just to finish off what God was saying? Yeah. Um, what's what's the NLC? The Vineyard have a national leaders conference, which I th now think is going to be called the National Gallery, Gallery something like that. Um, but um, in beginning of February or end of January 2020 we were at that and you were asking Nicola like what are some of the different ways that God spoke to us and um, 
everybody, um, pretty much everybody that we met at this conference uh, came from the northeast. So not all from Life Vineyard, um, but for example, we went to a, a lunch one day and we happened to sit on next to a couple um, who just planted into Darlington, so Lisa and Phil Crosby, who had been at this church. Um, we prayed with people who'd been um, uh, in Durham or everybody we just met with, and we just felt like this was kind of, yes, confirmation that, that this was an area that mm -hmm. God was, was placing us into. Um, but um, I don't know about you, but sometimes I just want like a really clear direction from God. Um, and although he'd given us lots and lots and lots of confirmation that this was what he wanted, I, I still wasn't satisfied and I wanted something a little bit more. And Mike had um, applied for a job with NHS in Hampshire um, uh, at the time uh, and was trying to get out of this interview and, and you know, had, had said, I couldn't make it. And usually in the NHS, that, you know, there's one day for an interview. If you can't make it, you can't make it. But they were bending over backwards to kind of reschedule this meeting, this interview. Um, and so we basically had a decision to make. So we went into that last meeting um, just saying to God, what do you want us to do? Basically, we really need to hear from you on this. Um, and in the meeting, um, as part of the final talk, I suppose, um, the lady that was speaking um, started, really, I think she just broke into a hearing from the Holy Spirit. And she just said, you know, you might think your calling is to X, Y, or Z, or you might think your calling is to be a senior manager in the NHS, uh, but God's got other things. And we just really felt that was confirmation that actually he had something else for us and for Mike in particular. Um, so that was, yeah, doesn't always happen like that, but we... We did ask God so uh, when we've seen you like over the over the months um, talking of God's faithfulness you were often like wide-eyed like this is almost embarrassing it seems too easy we can't believe what God has done we can't believe that he's already put this in place for us and it was it was really fun and it still is fun to watch on are there any specific Bible um, passages or stories that spoke to you at the time well yeah, during this journey because God speaks through all sorts of different ways, but especially through, through scripture. Yeah. Shall I talk, shall I go first and then I'll hand over to you? Um, so I was at, or well, we were both at um, a worship um, event called David's Tent, which was at the end of, uh, end of the summer of 2019. Um, and it's basically 72 hours of constant worship. It's amazing. Wow. Um, so yeah, if you ever get the chance to go, I'd really recommend it. Um, and... I was at that, and the verses really that God spoke to me about, or not so much um, specific verses, but were the story of Abraham and how he was called. Um, and the verses that stood out that I just wanted to read were at the beginning of um, Genesis 12, um, when the Lord said to Abraham, leave your country, your people, your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. And then it goes on and it says that Abraham left as the Lord had told him. Um, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out for Haran. He took his wife, Sari, nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran. And for me, um, maybe more so than, than Mike at the time, I really felt like there was an opportunity for us to have stayed where we were and to have kind of um, really pressed into something or a couple of things there. Um, or we had an opportunity to go. And I really felt, as I was reading those verses, and God had really kind of just, I just felt in my heart I needed to reread the story of Abraham. Um, and 
and yeah, that we were to go. Um, and also that he took all his possessions with us. I think a lot of people when we moved up kind of said to us, well, are you keeping your house in London though? Because, you know, <laughs> um, if you go, you won't be able to come back. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, we kind of talked about that, but we really felt actually, no, we needed to, to sell and to come up here and be wholeheartedly in. And if um, you get to know us, we are, um, when we're in something, we're in it 100%. Although I was saying to Mike earlier, maybe not always the North Sea. That would be a little dip. <laughs> but yeah, no, 100%. 100%. So yeah, we, we, sold, we, we took all our possessions with us, basically. Didn't, didn't leave anything. Yeah, um, for me, it's um, Joshua 1, just pretty much the whole chapter. Um, it's significant because if you ever watch that NLC talk by Taryn Freeland, she starts off with Joshua 1 and she goes up to pretty much Joshua 9. At 1.9, 1 verse 9. But four times in Joshua 1, Joshua is told by the Lord to be strong and courageous and to trust in Him. And I think that's just so important. I don't feel qualified to be a pastor of a church, I don't feel qualified to be sitting in front of you. <laughs> but God has told me to be strong and courageous. And in my weakness, I will boast. Thank you. Don't really know what... No, we haven't finished. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It's... Can I just say as well, like in terms of the faithfulness, just as a really small thing. Do it. Um, before we moved up, um, not these earrings, actually, they were a different pair of earrings <laughs> that Mike had bought me for my birthday. And in, I don't know, I'd lost them a few months before we moved and I couldn't find them anywhere. And I just thought, oh, I've just, they've fallen out. They're nowhere to be seen. That's the end of those earrings. And it was sad. Um, and then when we moved into our house, we were lucky enough to have um, removal men who, who kind of packed and moved all of our stuff. And in the new house, as they were moving everything in, um, the, one of the removal men came up to me with his hand held out like this, and in it was the earring. And he said, "Is this is this yours?" I said, "Yes." <laughs> Where did you find it? He said, "I just I don't know. I just found it." Um, and for me, it was it's a small thing, but it was a really significant thing that God is in this and He sees everything um, and He knows everything. So, yeah. Yeah, go on. <laughs> and one more thing, just about God's faithfulness was when we moved to Southfields, we felt God say this was this was the place and we phoned Tom and we said do you know anyone in South Shields is it on Nicola and David's radar what what's going on in South Shields and she and he said well to be honest with you I don't know and then we sort of okay five minutes passed and then Tom called back and said there's a lady called Kerry she's got home for something <laughs> okay great we'll put you in touch great and then about Two or three months later, we got a we got a, an email from I think Rachel and Nicola yeah. saying there are there's a couple moving to Southfields, sitting right there, and it's, it turns out Adam and Rach live on our street, so they live at the end of our street. We live at the beginning of the street, and what's so lovely is we can pray walk, we can pray over that street, and see so many people come to know Jesus. And others. So Christina is, has just moved, well, moved a year ago. We only found out that they live, she lives very close to us, about 10 minutes' drive. And then Tim Pennington lives 10 minutes away, and he's been so helpful with learning the sound behind the desk. <laughs> so, if, so if you or anyone you know 
is feeling a bit of a stir around South Shields, they'd love to hear from you. <laughs> so today, I thank you so much for sharing so much of your story. And I know there's a lot more to even say. So if you ever want to invite them around for dinner and uh, listen to their story, it's fantastic. Today is all about I Surrender All and the lyrics of that song about laying down our dreams, laying down our rights, our pride and counting it all as loss, as it says in Philippians 3. What would you both say to people listening to this who maybe are sensing a call from God and are currently weighing up the cost <laughs> that comes with it. What, what would you want to say? Um, so my first response to that is go for it. Because <laughs> I I, I've just seen so much joy. And I, it's not just personal um, joy. It's been seeing other people just get excited. It's, it's just so exciting seeing... People and uh, you know people people that I'm starting to just have this strong relationship with and just love on, and then I think it's just having an eternal perspective. Yeah. Um, I think the the one thing is if I, I always get like I got this picture of like a sort of a raindrop into the into a lake and you've got ripples just sort of carrying on to this the shoreline. And that little drop didn't know the impact that it was going to make you know, as the ripples got wider and wider and wider. And I just, I'd like to be that raindrop. So, yeah, and I think we both both want that. Amen. Amen. Yeah. What would you say to people? Yeah, same. Like, I think um, <laughs> there's no better place to be than where God wants you to be. Um, and if he's asking you to do something, um, he will be with you every step of the way um, and um, you know sometimes that can think you know I, I was in my job for, for seven years and Mike has been in his role for, for a long time as well and you think oh if I leave what's going to happen and uh, or in our church if, you know if we leave what, you know who's going to do this who's going to do that but actually your, our identity something God's spoken to me about and taught me and it still continues to teach me but my identity is not in, is not those things and my identity as it is as his daughter and actually as he's leading me out to do new things he's going to bring other people in to fill those those gaps as mm -hmm. well um, and yeah the best place for us to be is is with him I think um, also at that um, leaders conference um, Carol Wimber who was the wife of John Wimber yes. had said um, so he kind of founded the vineyard um, in America and she had this I guess word from God really a sense that um, something uh, really big was going to happen something wonderful but something really awful at the same time and we as, as believers we needed to take our place and so um, God's got roles for each and every one of us it says in Ephesians 2.10 uh, he's, you know, before we were born, he's got works for us to do, mm -hmm. but he's planned a purpose for us, and so um, it's not easy. It's not always easy, and it, there is a cost involved, and it does mean laying things down. But like Mike said, there's an eternal perspective to this, and as we say yes to him, um, he will open the doors, he will strengthen us and strengthen you, and he will show you the way. Um, yeah. So as as Josh, you know, it says in Joshua one, do not be afraid, do not be dismayed, because the Lord is going to be with you. So. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I think we probably all want to say thank you very much for sharing this morning. Well done.
Thank you. And we're going to um, move into a time where Joe's going to lead us in communion. Um, Mike's multitasking this morning, bless him. He's making sure the sound is working for us all. So he's going to hobble back over there. But um, if the band want to kind of come, we just want to give a, t- a, a bit of time for us to respond to what we've heard. Because they've told the beginning of what's going to be and what is you know, a really exciting journey. Um, but I saw the same thing yesterday as people chose to come out and and do treasure hunting. I saw the same thing when I hear people talk about the whisper of God when they're at work to say a certain thing, to do a certain thing. God has, for all of us, uh, some places that he wants to take us deeper into trusting him and into being his hands and his feet. So we're just going to give a bit of um, time now, just, I think just in the quiet, to respond to whatever it is that Joe and Mike particularly have just said that has stirred your heart and um, has challenged you, maybe. Just bring that to the Lord now. Come, Holy Spirit. I was listening this morning to the Lectio 365. It's an app, fantastic daily uh, Bible app. And they read from Matthew 11:29 29 from the message version. And it says this, Jesus, I choose again the path of an apprentice. Teach me to love you with all my mind, all my heart, all my body, and all my strength. Help me to imitate and include you as I plan my diary, write my to-do list, waste time on my phone, even as I walk through my neighborhood, shape my life around your unforced rhythms of grace. And the bit that struck me was help me to imitate and include you as I plan my diary and write my to-do list. And I think that can sometimes be the hardest thing of all to surrender. And if that strikes you, just ask, just ask the Lord to, to help you and to be bold and to be strong and courageous to make those changes that would honor him. And it might be that God's really um, spoken to you this morning about something that you think, that is too big. <laughs> That's too much for me, Lord. Surely not me. But the Lord is stirring you for something, maybe a place, maybe a people group, maybe to go plant a church, whatever it is. I want to pray that you would be brave to keep listening, 
and to take the first step to incline your ear to the Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. And I pray that as we look to your word, just in these coming hours and coming days and months, just as Joe and Mike have testified, and so many can testify, to you speaking in so many different ways. Father, would we hear you? Would we have that eternal perspective that Mike spoke about so beautifully? Would we truly be your sons and your daughters with that kingdom perspective? To say yes, to step in. Thank you that you have works for us uniquely to step into. Lord, would you help us to give you our yes and to walk it through and to walk it out. We bless you, we thank you. And we thank you that you made the ultimate sacrifice to bring us close, to bring us home. And as we um, share a time of communion now, we come with grateful hearts. That you never leave us, that you never forsake us. And that you do have plans to prosper and not to harm each and every one of us. Yeah, so as Joe leads us now, Lord, would you, would, you, uh, yeah, would you be glorified? And as we worship, would we fully surrender all that we are, all that we have into your hands again this morning and be brave enough to walk lives of deepening faith every day, all the days of our life for your fame and for your glory, King Jesus.